Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Dada, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. It is officially 2022, and we are reintroducing our mailbag segment on this episode to kick off the new year. But quick update. New year, new app update on Spotify. You can rate podcasts now. It just takes a second and it does so much for our show. If you're listening on Spotify, hit us up and give us a five-star review. I hope everybody had a wonderful and safe new year. We told you that we would be back bigger and better. And here we are. We have so much planned for 2022 ahead of you. NWSL is going to be back in 2022 with 12 teams. We've got CONCACAF Women's World Cup qualifiers. We've got FA Women's Super League. We're going to have AFC qualifiers coming up. It's so much to get into. It is a happy, happy new year indeed. How are you, Lisa? It really is such a happy new year. I'm glad to be back. I mean, year two for attacking third, year two for us, but really we're only like six months into this thing and we're having a great time. Um, I'm happy to be back. I mean, new year, so much ahead of us. And I love that we're starting it off with a mailbag segment to just reconnect with our our listeners because we missed you guys over uh, this New Year's weekend. We hope everyone had a great and safe New Year's. Yeah, I hope everybody's enjoyed their holidays. If you're still in the process of celebrating, hope that you're enjoying them as well. Uh, let's get this mailbag segment kicked off. I mean, we—I'm not going to lie. Can't lie to the listeners here because they know they've been with us since since day one. The mailbag segment is something that we love to do. But towards the latter end of 2021, with so much happening. We kind of let it go for a little bit, but that didn't mean that people stopped sending us questions. So what ended up happening was we had NWSL 2021 playoffs around the clock, right, all through the month of November. And then we had to roll into draft coverage, both expansion and regular draft, all during the month of December not even including all of the massive trades that were happening throughout the various trade windows that were happening. So we were kept busy to close out 2021. And we are so excited to reintroduce the mailbag segment and to get to some of these questions that we didn't get a chance to get to. And we're looking forward to uh, taking more of these in the future. But we're going to start simple for this to sort of ease our way into the mailbag. And we're just going to have a couple questions of our own for myself, Deliza, the holidays happen. What is your favorite? What was your favorite part about uh, of the holidays, Lisa? I know. I know. For me, it's it's the food. Obviously, oh, love the food. I had a wonderful holiday. I got to see a lot of my family, which was really nice. We all um, stayed safe and healthy as we gathered together, which is really like all we could ask for. Um, because then we get to see them. I have uh, a little nephew, so it's always fun, like playing trucks and 
diggers and yep. cement truck and semi truck with him. I really turn into like the truck lady when I'm around him. Um, it's fantastic though. It was good being with the family, you know, hanging out and the food, Sandra. Yes. Yep. Delicious. I'm here for delicious it. Here. food. It's always my favorite thing. Uh, cause I just know that like, I'm always going to get like my delicious tamales and they're all different kinds, whether you got your chicken or your or your pork but i'm i'm a simple girl i really like just beans i just like like bean tamales and, cheese tamales and the, those are typically uh my favorite ones but i think maybe a fun one maybe more current uh transitional holiday mailbag question is like are you someone who believes in like new year's resolutions is that like something that you try to do like as you ring in the new year I try. I'm more of like a goal setter. Like I like gotcha. my to-do lists and I like my long-term goals, my short-term goals, my daily goals. Like, hey, get out of bed today and maybe go on a run. Um, So like check, we're out of bed today. We did it. Uh, Yeah, I'm more of like a just overall goals. But for attacking third, New Year's resolutions, I have some big ones. Uh, Just speaking work-wise and with you because uh, we're going to get to some games together. We yep. are going to cover everything. Yep. Um, harder than we ever did last yep. year. So those are like my resolutions that I'm looking at. For you, did you set anything when uh, you were cheering on at midnight on New Year's Eve? You know what? Just uh, health and happiness for, for everyone in my life, all my loved ones and myself included. You always got to include yourself. Make sure you include yourself and take care of yourself too yes. as you're wishing the best for everyone else around you. Um, so yeah, health and happiness for, for, for myself and everyone around me. Um, but I'm, I'm similar to you. I'm always just sort of like looking ahead a little bit sometimes mm-hmm. and try to set those kind of short-term goals or, you know, mid-term goals or long-term goals. And I'm with you. I'm really excited for everything that we've got um, planned for this year in 2022 um, from the little things to the very ambitious things that we would like to, to do or, or see have happen. Um, and I don't know, I think maybe like the little resolutions that I might do, like I'm really into like, I, my gosh, I mean, if you're watching this on YouTube, you probably know what I'm talking about. I love like just sort of letting the autoplay take me on YouTube. And sometimes it takes me to like, when you're getting like budgeting ideas or things like that, and it'll take me to like, um, like money challenges so it's like so, it's so corny they're so corny but it'll be like the most basic ones like the ones that you can get off pinterest and it's like save a dollar a day and like see what happens and it's yeah, like, it works. like x amount of blood i'm like i'm gonna see if i can do that and i cannot wait to see myself stop after like <laughs> weeks. it's just gonna like i can't wait like i already know myself but it's like the energy that you have with the resolution yes. you're just so gung-ho about it and you're like yeah i'm gonna you know do it it's so funny but i love it i, I want the listeners to hit us up um with in the comments like if you're watching it or if you want to leave us uh, in the reviews like if you have any resolutions i would love to hear them but let's get into the soccer portion of our mailbag episode we're taking a couple questions from everyone and we're taking a little bit of a different twist on this too because there are some that are definitely look ahead into this year type of questions and there are some that actually believe it or not We've actually got some answers to already. So we Mm -hmm. are still going to acknowledge those questions because we appreciate whenever anybody takes the time to send them in and leave a review. We appreciate you so much. So even though it has an answer, Lisa and I are maybe going to take maybe a little twist and sort of give our opinion on them instead versus a full out answer. Okay, so let's start um, with uh, at the the top here. and let everybody know who you are, what your question is. And a quick reminder that if you do have a question, you can head on over to Apple Podcasts. You have to leave us a five-star review, and then you leave us your question. And Lisa and I will answer as part of our mailbag segment. It can be 
anything soccer related. You know, one of my favorite that we ever done is when we do like the wish list type of things. And someone asked us to make our dream NWSL team without using allocated players. And it really made us think. So Lisa and I had a lot of fun with back and forth uh, on that with our best roster. So head on over to Apple Podcasts, five star review question. And we will get to it this year for sure. Let's kick it off here with uh, 2SCRAD25. Their question is as follows. What are each of your top four players in college? Who do you think could be future USWNT, NWSL, slash women's soccer stars? One goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, and forward. So, again, this is one of those questions where um, we have maybe a little bit of an answer because we were thinking about this and we're just like, well, actually, not too long ago, we saw some really good prospects get drafted in the NWSL draft. And we're maybe going to go through each of these positions and talk a little bit about who we think could have an impact uh, in, in 2022. So, of course, as always, Lisa, it's a new year, but some things don't change. <laughs> we love defense on this podcast. So we're going to start with goalkeepers and then we're going to start with defenders and then we're going to go on as forward. So who are we looking at for goalkeeper here? Yeah, so this one is really fun to kind of predict the future, looking for our magic ball to see what players can make a big impact. Um, and starting with the goalkeeper is a position that's usually not drafted very high in WS draft, and it can't can tend to be overlooked. But um, one player that really jumped out to us was Jordan Bloomer. She is from Wisconsin and she actually got drafted to Racing Louisville. She was a big goalkeeper of the year, a two-time All-American uh, a youth national team member. She uh, went to the Sweet 16 with Wisconsin, um, went on an undefeated streak uh, with University of Wisconsin in their Big Ten Conference. She's a player that between the posts, between the sticks, she can be lights out for a team, organize, use her vocal leadership. Um, and a, a lot of times, if she's a player that we looked at at the college game and now coming into the NWSL, she might not get the opportunity at a lot of teams to make splashes because there are so many good goalkeepers in the league. However, she got drafted to Racing Louisville and Racing Louisville recently um, uh, released Michelle Betos from contract. So they are without a starting goalkeeper right now. Now they have other goalkeepers on their roster that of course will make big impacts, but this is a really, really good big chance for a player like Jordan Bloomer to step into a program and make her mark known immediately get to Louisville, start working with the goalkeeper coach, start working with the back line and the defense to be that loud vocal vo voice organizing from the back line. So this is a player that you have to keep your eye on. She will be rising in the ranks throughout this NWSL season. I hope she gets some time. Um, who knows how this season's going to go. And for Racing Louisville, they, they have really not too high of a bar set for them in 2022. So they can see a player like Jordan Bluer, Bloomer first time in the NWSL, maybe get some starts, get some minutes in uh, the purple jersey. She's goalkeeper. Andrea, you want to take it away for defender? Yeah, let's uh let's 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 roll on into defenders. Uh we're taking a look at Naomi Girma. She got drafted number one overall to San Diego Wave FC. And there was a little bit of a toss-up, right? Let's take it back a little bit during that draft day. There was some real back and forth from San Diego about potentially who they were going to take at that number one selection, and they opted to go with a defender out of Stanford. And, you know, I really did like this pick. I know we were both fans of it when we were talking about it in our draft recap, but I know that there were maybe some folks out there that were kind of like, wow, is this really 
the position that San Diego Wave FC needs to sort of fill out. Because when they were sort of building their roster a little bit ahead of the expansion draft, ahead of the regular draft, there was a lot of chatter about the players that were already in place. And a lot of them were uh, some defensive players, right, uh, making the move for a big goalkeeper and Kalen Sheridan, announcing their first player ever, signing with with Abby Dahlkemper, right, making a move for Tegan McGrady and uh, a fullback from Washington Spirit, um, and then having the expansion draft and choosing somebody like a Kaylee Real, right? So still picking defensive-minded players. So... We're big on Naomi Girma here, but we're a little bit curious as to how Casey Stoney is going to utilize this particular player uh, on the pitch with San Diego Wave FC. Is this a player who they see, you know, really sort of competing for one of those center back duo positions, right? Or is this a player that they're going to have conversations with about potentially playing a little bit higher in the pitch? Maybe, you know, perhaps somewhere in that defensive mid-roll. She's someone who's capable of that. But Mm -hmm. this is also a player, um, you know, that we're going to see those answers come to play right during the 2022 season. But Girma is someone who's got a lot of experience. She's coming off of that very successful collegiate career with Stanford, right? Had a massive comeback year after a torn ACL. But she's also had a ton of experience at the uh, youth level on the, uh, the youth national teams. So she is someone that I think is, you know, has a very, very high ceiling who with, with the new expansion team has the potential to continue to sort of build up and develop and get those looks maybe at the senior national team level. So I'm going to be looking for this defender to possibly get some time with San Diego in 2022. I would not be surprised at all if we see Gurma get a lot of time. We even talked about maybe her uh, being on our wish list for the U S women's national team, January camp, Sandra. So this is a player that uh, really sky's the limit for her. It just depends if she's given that chance. Um, so, so we have our goalkeeper, our defender midfielder. This is uh, you touched on this. Um, she, was she going to go number one overall in the NWSL 2022 draft? Was she not? And ultimately she went to racing Louisville. It's Jalen Howell, FSU national champion. Um, she went to racing Louisville. She is a defensive midfielder. She plays that holding six position. Um, she is a fantastic player that I will see time at racing Louisville. She could even get some starts racing. Louisville has another young player, um, alongside them. We talked about, uh, earlier is Emily Fox an outside defender. So Emily Fox can maybe show Jalen Howell a little bit of the way where things are going to go with the team. Um, but Jalen Howell, a player that can be a, a big personality in the middle of the field for racing Louisville because she can play that defensive position, break up uh, opposition's transition, get stuck in, make hard tackles, and then win the ball and really spray it out. She has great vision of the field to break lines with one pass and, and be a player that can really change the game. And if she's getting minutes right when she steps onto the field at racing Louisville, that will be huge for her and her development with the national team. She, uh, Definitely has youth national team experience, but she also has senior national team experience. She made it out to the January camp in 2021 last year. So uh, we could see her there again. She's on our wish list as well to head to the 2022 U.S. Women's National Team January camp. And and this is a player and a position at the senior level for the U.S. Women's National Team, that defensive midfielder that does need to have, have depth because we saw in the past, if a player like Julie Ertz gets hurt, 
you need someone to step in automatically. And it can't always be Lindsey Horan. We need Horan higher up the field. We have Andy Sullivan now stepping in, but Jalen Howell could be a perfect fit for the senior U.S. women's national team uh, slotting into that midfield unit. So she's our midfielder standout player that we're going to point to. I think for the forwards, I think we were both in agreement when we were taking a look at each of these, uh, each of these areas positionally, that we're going with Mia Fisher, uh, who was recently drafted by Orlando Pride out of UCLA. We liked this player and this pick specifically during the draft, and we think this player could have an impressive 2022. Orlando Pride is a franchise that is currently in the beginning stages, right, of this new era that they're hoping will lead them to some success on the pitch, right? Maybe some postseason appearances and and perhaps some hardware along the way. And they first sort of signaled that change, right, with the new ownership in place and started making some adjustments at the administrative level and then bringing in a new head coach in Amanda Cromwell. And that's part of the reason why we have this forward selected uh, to sort of at this position to sort of have potentially a really strong 2022 is because there is that sort of UCLA connect, uh, connection. Mia Fisher was uh, viewed as maybe one of the top forward prospects going into that draft and then sort of fell to, to number five. And that sounds kind of a funny way to say fell to five because five is still a pretty high order in the ranking. Um, but uh, it was just sort of a little bit of fate maybe that both of these two parties were sort of reconnected with Cromwell having those uh, longstanding ties to UCLA and Mia Fischel coming out after about three years or so uh, with, with the Bruins and now going to be reconnected in Orlando with uh with with Cromwell and it was a good pick because this was this was a, a an Orlando team that lost offensive pieces during that sort of chaotic time ahead of the of the expansion draft uh, bid farewell to Alex Morgan the, their star forward who was with them for six years uh to to San Diego and also Jody Taylor as well to San Diego so really the the sort of central standout kind of forward right now is is Sydney LaRue. So it was kind of like, well, what's going to happen with that, uh, you know, that that front line, that attacking front line. And I really do think that there's an opportunity here for this player to get time with Orlando Pride and maybe do some impressive things on the pitch. There's always going to be that moment of transition, right? When these young players make that leap to go pro. But I think it's going to be very, very advantageous uh, for this player to have somebody who is familiar with them and their game and somebody who knows how to coach them and how to get the best out of them and how to respond to them. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Mia Fischel can bring in 2022 at the forward position. It's really the best of both worlds worlds for Fischel and for Cromwell because Cromwell needs to make an immediate impact with this team as as Orlando has kind of been dubbed a as a rebuilding year for them and to have a player that she knows very, very well in Fischl and Fischl will probably have a better chance of seeing time on the field because uh, lack of depth at the forward position and because she knows Cromwell so well. So yeah, these are our top uh, young superstars that we could see rising the ranks in NWSL and U.S. Women's National Team. Goalkeeper Jordan Bloomer, defender Naomi Gurma, midfielder Jalen Howell and forward Mia Fischl. Uh, so catch these guys in 2022 they will be making impacts for sure absolutely let's uh, move on to another question here uh, we've got a question from soccer girl 11 
S-C-E-R-G-I-R-L-1-1. It's a Chicago Red Stars related question. It says, uh, given how the Red Stars perform this season without Julie Ertz or Alyssa Nair, do you think they might trade them next season? And this is one of, again, another one of those questions where we wanted to, you know, A, acknowledge and thank you for giving us the question and take a little time to answer it with our opinions on some of these moves, even though there's already a little bit of an answer in place, right? So we're taking a look at half of this question in that, we know Julie Ertz was a part of a trade with Angel City for full roster protection for the Chicago Red Stars ahead of the expansion draft. And Alyssa Nayer was extended a full club contract with Chicago Red Stars. So that's a player that sort of came off U.S. soccer's allocation books, right? So this is a her contract is directly with, with the Red Stars instead of U.S. soccer. And I think maybe what we can focus in on a little bit here is maybe sort of the rationale behind moves like that. And there's always going to be debate about winners and losers of trades, right? That's just something that comes when you talk about professional sports. And there's definitely the narrative out there that Chicago is a little bit on the losing end of that trade with, with both Gordon and Ertz to Angel City, sort of losing two top players, two really starting players and star players um, to Angel City with uh, sort of getting back solely roster protection and maybe not trying to get something else back in, in place a little bit. But I think sort of taking a look at the season for Chicago Red Stars in 2021, they played that entire season without Julie Ertz. So perhaps coming down the stretch and down the road to having to make these sort of roster moves ahead of a double expansion year, something that never took place in NWSL history. The first time ever two teams were coming into the league versus just one league, uh, one team in years prior. Um, you have to sort of make those moves and you make those gambles And Chicago ended up rolling the dice with this one, you know, talked a lot about how many of their moves in the off season was, were spearheaded by conversations and to sort of try to help fulfill player requests. Um, and a combination of that was also try to retain much of their roster who competed throughout 2021 and went to that championship final. And, one of those players that was not part of the equation during that, uh, you know, sort of magical like 2021 season for Chicago was was Julie Ertz. And I think fans of the Chicago Red Stars and, and neutral fans of NWSL sort of saw what that team could do without that type of player, which, quite frankly, this is a player that had always been spoken about within Chicago as this sort of cannot lose integral essential player. So to sort of see the Chicago Red Stars roster in 2021 really just kind of flip the script on that was very impressive. And that's not to take away from Julie Ertz in her game because I can guarantee you Angel City was ecstatic to get a player like Ertz in the midfield. Anybody would. You're talking about a United States women's national team defender starting caliber breakout star type of player. But Chicago Red Stars did what they did in 2021 with so limited, uh, you know, options really, and showed themselves, quite frankly, how to navigate a midfield mm -hmm. without somebody like Ertz, who at once upon a time, again, was, it was thought of as like this person who could never be removed from the lineup. So it's a little bit impressive. I think that the move that they made. I agree. And, and in hindsight, you, 
you think, okay, no, they did do it without Julia. It's of, of course. And they were able to do that. But she is such a force to be reckoned with. And that is proven because she uh, wasn't playing with club and, and with Chicago due to her injury. And then she goes to Tokyo Olympics and she plays and she does well because a player like that, Julia Ertz, her 70% is better than a lot of other people's 100%. And that says so much about the type of player she is. And then when you look at the full roster for Chicago and on the club side of things in the NWSL, um, you look at how they didn't have Julia Ertz, but they have enough depth on the roster. And it's more of like a, we all rally together as one. And and you know that, okay, we don't have Julie Ertz back there, but we have Sarah Waldmo. We have Morgan Gattrall. We have other players that can play that role. They're not going to play it the same way that Julie Ertz does. And that's okay. Every other team in the league gets on without Julie Ertz. But um, this trade uh, for Chicago to lose Julie, not the worst for them because they have already proven that they can play without her. And I think it does really benefit other teams like Angel City so much more as as an expansion club in the league to have her. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still like baffling to me to think about how Chicago didn't have their starting uh, world-class defensive midfielder, and they also didn't have their starting world-class goalkeeper, and they still made it to the NWSL championship. That's just determination of a team. Um, so I like this question. And anyone with uh, Chicago Red Stars specific questions, you know you can hit them for us because Sandra is your know-all of the team, and, and she'll hit you with all of the right info on it. Um, so that's kind of where we are with Chicago. Um, our, our next question that we have is from David Parker. Um, and this one's a, a little deeper, a little different of a question. He says, can you report on the NWSL steps to address this abuse whenever it might occur? occur? Is it anonymous and retribution free reporting really in effect? So he's really overarching and asking about the abuse and what policies are in place in the NWSL. WSL, Sandra. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I will take this one because I think we can only answer it with, with what we do know, right? Mm-hmm. And again, we're 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 looking ahead of 2022. This is our New Year's episode, but we have the information, we have the knowledge of 2021, right? That's the beauty about going into a new year is hopefully having all the knowledge from your past to help sort of ensure that you don't make the same mistakes moving forward, right? And I think that's the only real way that we could tackle this question is we have to tackle it with things that we know. And what we know is that unfortunately, the NWSL didn't have an anti-harassment policy in place until 2021. And there are steps within that, right? And there is something within that where, Players are allowed to come forward or staff is allowed to come forward anonymously, hopefully retribution free to bring forth right their their concerns uh, with whatever it is that they are going through within the league. And what we saw and just to give an example out of out of out of the reporting, one of the big things, one of the big things that we all were paying attention to and covered was Meglina Hans reporting out of the athletic about uh, Sinead Fairley and Manashim and their stories uh, following the story of Kaya McCullough in the Washington spirit about how past abuse was brought up again uh, in light of this anti-harassment policy in place. But again, there was a bit of a failure and shortcoming to aid even these former players um, with that harassment policy. So I think with these experiences in the past, what we're starting to see 
is when you have a policy in place, you got to unfortunately give it some time to work. And what we saw in 2021 with a combination of responsible reporting from uh, analysts and reporters out there uh, is that this type of policy can hopefully be continue to be utilized in a positive way to ensure that there is accountability and that there is change moving forward in the league. So I, I hope that the league gets to a place where players don't feel like this is something they have to use, number one. But it's 100% important that it is there and in place. And I guess, you know, here in the beginning of 2022, we're just going to hopefully continue to manifest that uh, there are safe environments uh, for all of these players in place and safe environments for, for staff and, uh, and good coaches out there who want to coach great, even, even better people. Right. I, I think that's really all we can ask and hope for. And, and Sandra, you and I have spoken with um, executive director of the NWSL players association, Megan Burke, a number of times in her first and highest priority is to make sure that the players are safe and they feel heard. And if they don't feel they have anywhere to go, that they can always turn to her. And she always has her phone on and, and an ear open and a shoulder to lean on for any of these players. So uh, I think that the community that is within the NWSL and within the Players Association and within teammates on on each team is growing as well. And, and because we have had so much exposed in 2021 that people uh, are ready f to say it and feel okay to open up about certain things. So let's just hope we keep moving in the right direction and um, players can stay safe, frankly. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to close it out with a, a final question here from Beth underscore Nick. Again, this is another one of those questions where maybe we have a little bit of answers already, but we're also going to continue to maybe answer it in a way where we can sort of share our views and opinions on the recent developments. Beth underscore Nick asked, um, which players do you think are going to go to California next year? Several teams have more allocated players than they can protect. I'm curious if you have any predictions. Well, we got our answers, right? The reality is, is that the trade window ahead of the expansion draft provided an opportunity for some teams to engage in dialogues and conversation and, and come up with deals ahead of the expansion draft. And we saw so many different moving parts from a number of teams between Angel City and San Diego Wave FC to try to trade for something, uh, whether it was full roster protection or partial roster protection in some way, shape, or form. And we talked a lot, endlessly, really, I feel like, in terms of the deal <laughs> that took place for California. But I think the angle that we're really interested in this one, Lisa, the one that we really, in hindsight, looking back at everything, appreciate more than anything else, was this component that the California sides were very, very much interested in having conversations with potential talent that they were recruiting or trying to get acquired to their team and their interest in being in California and playing in LA or playing in San Diego. And that was really kind of the angle I think that we were stuck on a little bit and maybe some others in terms of kind of reshaping what an expansion draft is or, or, or what it looks like or what it means to sort of build up a roster. Right. I think mm -hmm. that is something maybe maybe the bigger takeaway more than anything else, more than any player that actually ended up going to either of these teams, that there was a little bit of a there was a little bit of a different angle that that took place and that there was a little bit more transparency. 
I love the transparency. And we did speak with Angel City uh, head coach Freya Kuhn at the end of 2021 about the expansion draft and about players that she wanted to bring to her club. And one of the biggest things that stuck out to me was the fact that she said, uh, we asked players first, do you want to go here? Do you want to come to Los Angeles? Do you have any affinity to be here? And and she did joke and say, well, it's Southern California. It's not like we're bringing you to an Arctic tundra or anywhere else. Um, it's a desirable place to be. But she said that was our first question to them because if they didn't want to, if they didn't want to be part of a trade that was potentially going to happen to send them somewhere else, we stopped conversations. We wanted to make sure that they were happy and they wanted to be um, in Los Angeles with her, with an expansion club that had and has so much potential and so much growth ahead of them. Um, and to really build a team off of that foundation of, frankly, pure happiness and and really what the players want. We just talked about protecting the players. Hey, this is part of it. Um, if they want to go somewhere or they don't want to go somewhere, that needs to be part of the conversation. And because they're having those open conversations, it looks like it's going to be a lot happier of a team than maybe some other clubs that we've seen. But the rosters that these California teams have put together are just fantastic. They've acquired really, really good top talent. And it's the negotiation tactics of head coaches and GMs to work with these other clubs and say, Hey, let's trade for this. We'll give you a little bit of money. We'll give you a trade in like 2023, way down the road from now. But we want this player and doing everything they can for Angel City to get Julia, who we talked about earlier in this episode. Um, to get Sarah Gordon to say, we want these players as the foundation and to really build and shape our team around. And because of that, it could make for a really successful team and a really, really successful club with happy players, right? Like happy players, happy team, happy life. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I really do think it's going to reshape um, the structure or at least the mentality around what an expansion draft is or, or how it's, um, functioning and operated in, you know, it's a, it's a much different perspective when you're maybe looking at an expansion draft in something like a, you know, any male professional leagues, right. Where there's like millions of dollars involved and, and player salaries are, are much, much larger than their, um, than their female counterparts. Right. So I think the little things like having those open conversations, being a little bit more transparent with the moves and sort of engaging with players a little bit is going to end up playing, uh, paying off a huge dividends for, for the league and any future teams uh, that come into uh, the NWSL in the future. Uh, so that was our mailbag segment. We hope that everybody enjoyed the return of answering questions. Again, we took a little bit of a different twist on it. We didn't want to leave these questions hanging. I mean, so many of you took the time to, to leave a rating or review and along with a question. And we said, Hey, you know, even though maybe some of these questions have a few answers to them, we could still give our attacking third angles on it. So we hope that you enjoyed it all as always. We want to thank you, of course, for listening as always. You can follow us on Twitter at attacking third. We're on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. If you leave us, a, you can leave us a five-star review now on Spotify. And if you have any questions for us, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple podcast with your question and we will answer it during our mailbag segment we're also available as videos subscribe to us on youtube visit youtube.com slash third we'll be back on wednesday with more coverage it is officially 2022 and we are not going to quit stopping for sandra herrera and lisa roman this was a second third.